Well, hello and welcome back to the Level Ground Podcast. I'm your host, Grayson Seegers. Um, today, we're uh, going to jump into maybe something that's a little different than normal, um, or at least the way we've laid it out. And um, honestly, uh, we were praying and we were thinking on um, another uh, good episode that we've got in the works, and, and we just felt led this week to go a different way and uh, to kind of talk about something a little different and and we hope that you enjoy it, but before we get into all that, we're going to go ahead and do the housekeeping just in case we forget at the end of the episode. Number one, uh, don't forget to re- leave a review on Apple Podcast and give us a five-star rating. Give us a five-star rating on Spotify. If the p- platform that you listen to allows you to give any sort of feedback, please give us feedback um, on each individual episode, whatever it may be. If you're listening somewhere, follow it. Uh, the whole nine yards, because that is your part in helping this ministry grow. And it really, uh, the more people that have followed and we've watched the algorithm, the more people that have followed, the more people that have liked the episodes, the more people that have uh, really just kind of got in there, the more the podcast has grown. So if you do that for us, uh, also don't forget, uh, we're trying to build the Facebook up. We're trying to get the Facebook to 500 followers because we've got something very special planned. So if you listen to the podcast and you have Facebook, go to Facebook, look up the Level Ground Podcast, and then go and hit the like or the follow button, whatever pops up or however it pops up. Go and look that, hit that, and join the Facebook group. We're going to try as soon as the, the, the Facebook page begins to grow a little bit more, we're going to try to post a little bit more on there, get a little bit more involved, and really try to get you guys involved and give us feedback and really just try to get some things going that that'll get us all kind of together a little bit better. And also, uh, if any of you need a Bible, um, don't forget that you can reach out to us and we will get you a Bible free of charge. Um, we want to do that. Uh, don't be afraid to ask. Don't be afraid to reach out. Um, we're not going to put you on the spot. We're not going to say, hey, so-and-so has asked for a Bible. Um, you send it to us. You send us your address and, and whatever else, and we will get a Bible shipped to you. Um, and... and and we want you to have a copy and your own copy of the Word of God, no matter where you're from. If you're from the United States, we'll send it to you. If you're from uh, New Zealand, we'll send it to you. If you're from Africa, we'll send it to you. Wherever you're from, uh, we will love, or we would love to send you a copy of the Word of God. And you can email us. Uh, you you can email us at the Level Ground Pod Pod Twenty Two at Gmail or you can message us on Facebook, or you can. Uh, go on Instagram, find levelground.22, send us a message there. Um, wherever, just reach out to us, and we would love uh, to, to get to talk to you and to get to know you a little bit better. Today, we've kind of jumped into something a little bit different, and and uh, maybe we, we got to studying last night, and we found some things that was pretty cool. And, and in this day and time, it seems like everything we hear is money, 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 and, and everybody wants to work. You want to make more money. You want to... Uh, work harder to provide for your family um and, and in many avenues of life you you strive to make money you don't want to take a loss uh, there's some people they like buying cars fixing them up and then reselling them there's some people that no matter what they do it seems like they make money at it whatever business you have you want to make money whatever job you're at you want to get raises and then you also you think about trading a little bit and you look at maybe trading your work for a certain amount of money or trading something you have for uh, something that can be given to you. And, and you look at all those things, and and honestly, our world is full of it. People do it every day. 
up, down, left, right, no matter where they're from, they do it. And, and um, it's a very vital part of our society. If we didn't have that um, and didn't have an economy like that, none of us would be able to survive. Now, I want us to look at something interesting. I say every one of us at some point in time has had $100 or, or close to it, and, and we've had it. And here's what $100 in this day and time can buy. You get two console games. You can get two games for your PlayStation. You get two games for your Xbox, whatever it is. You can get eight or ten movie tickets, ten months of Netflix, lunch for four at a fairly nice restaurant. Honestly, I think it would be a very nice restaurant. Lunch for or, or 40 cheap burgers, 90 candy bars, 200 packages of ramen, two or three tanks of gas, two or three oil changes. The list goes on and on and on. $100 is not necessarily a ton of money, but there are a lot of options as to what $100 can buy. $100 may go a very long way, or $100 may be spent very quickly and just ate up very quickly. Some people say $100 is a lot of money. Other people say it may not be. But it all depends on what you're you're buying or what you're paying for with it. You know, you if you were buying 200 packages of ramen, then that would go a long way. That'd be 200 meals. But say you had a car wreck and you need to pay for the damages to your car, the other vehicle, or say that you had a medical bill. Even some medical bills, um, you know, go up and, and they're worth a lot of money and they cost a lot of money. But regardless, $100 can be used in many, many different ways. So I know that was rambling just a little bit and just for a minute, but we wanted to kind of lay that groundwork so you could you could know that, keep that in the back of your mind. And we're going to go ahead and get into the meat today. Judas Iscariot. Who is he? Um, uh, what did he do? We're going to talk about him just for a minute. And I know many of you know who he is, but we're going to see what the Bible says about this man and, and maybe talk about him for just a little bit and maybe relate it to something that we can all relate to. So I want us to look first at Mark chapter 3 and going to start with the seventh verse. So if you read your Bible with us or whatever, just go ahead and get it out. But it says in Mark chapter 3 in the seventh verse, But Jesus withdrew himself with his disciples to the sea. And a great multitude from Galilee followed him, and from Judea, and from Jerusalem, and from uh, Idumea, and from beyond Jordan. And they about Tyre and Sidon, a great multitude, when they had heard what great things he did, came unto him. And he spake to his disciples that a small ship should wait on him because of the multitude, lest they should throng him. For he had healed many, insomuch that they pressed upon him for to touch him. As many as had plagues and unclean spirits, when they saw him, fell down before him and cried, saying, Thou art the Son of God. And straightly he charged them that they should make not make him known. And he goeth up into a mountain and calleth unto him whom he would, and they came unto him. And he ordained twelve that they should be with him, and that they might send forth to preach, and to have power to heal sicknesses and to cast out devils. And Simon he surnamed Peter, and James the son of Zebedee, and John the brother of James, and he surnamed them Bonerges, which is the sons of thunder, and Andrew and Philip and Bartholomew, and Matthew and Thomas, and James the son of Alphaeus, and Thaddeus, 
and Simon the Canaanite, and Judas Iscariot, which also betrayed him, and they went into a house. So who was Judas? He was a disciple that God had called. He was the one who betrayed Jesus Christ there before the crucifixion. And I want to go ahead and start by saying this. Now, Judas is viewed as a bad guy, and I do believe that that it, in every story you have a hero and a villain, and and that's everything in life. And and in this, and you can look in in Christianity as a whole. You have uh, the holy versus the unholy. You have God versus Satan, uh, kind of thing. And really, uh, Satan is is no match. He he's no um, he's not even really. He doesn't even add up. Satan has power, but he is not all powerful like God is. And and also you can look at, at many other things in Christianity and in the world. And God does have all power, but we do have a fight that we fight. So I want us to remember this, but I also want us to remember that without Judas, the crucifixion would not have happened. I want us to remember that had somebody not betrayed Jesus and turned him in to be crucified, he would have never been crucified. Judas's part in this was a very crucial part to the gospel of Jesus Christ, a very crucial part to the crucifixion. Had there not been someone that had betrayed, there would have never been that crucifixion. And just remember that just for a minute, but but also the Bible says that he was a keeper of the money and he was also a thief. And you look in John chapter 12, verses 1 through 8, Then Jesus, six days before the Passover, came to Bethany where Lazarus was, which had been dead, whom he raised from the dead. There they made him a supper, and Martha served. But Lazarus was one of them that sat at the table with him. Then Mary took a pound of ointment and spikenard very costly, and anointed the feet of Jesus, and wiped his feet with her hair, and the house was filled with the odor of the ointment. Then saith one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, which should betray him, why was not this ointment sold for 300 pence and given to the poor? This he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and had the bag and bare what was put therein. Then Jesus said, Let her alone. Against the day of my burying hath she kept this. For the poor always ye have with you, but me ye have not always. Now, we we draw from this verse and we see and that here's proof that that Judas was a keeper of the money. Judas uh, kept the bag, and, and as you can see here, he he was concerned with money. This was something that that he really looked to, and he really maybe found comfort in. I, and a lot of us, even every one of us, enjoys money in some capacity. Um, but the Bible does say that the love of money is the root of all evil. Not that money is evil, but the love of it is the root of all evil. The Bible also said that Judas was a thief. Even though he was a disciple, he was still the one that would betray Jesus, but he was a thief. Um, he would steal from this money bag, and he would do with it what he will. And I think the and I believe the Bible said that he would take and he would uh, he had the bag and and he bare what was put therein, and he he said these things about wanting to sell this ointment not because he wanted more money street money for the ministry of Jesus but that he wanted more money in that bag because he was a thief and he could take it so we know from the get go and and here in the bible and just us starting in what little amount of time we've been going right now we've already found out that not only was Judas the one that was to betray Jesus but Judas was a thief Judas bore the money but he also was a thief and and so 
we know that Judas was a bad guy. Um, could he in some way, shape, form, or fashion at this moment in time have genuinely been a good person? Yes. Do I, do I believe that? Yes. And, and could Judas have genuinely had good attributes about him? Yes. But you've got to remember, any of us can fall into this. Any of us can fall into the shape he was in. But nevertheless, Jesus called him because he had a vital part of the gospel. And I'm not trying to make Judas look like the good guy um, by no means. But I want us to remember that Judas was human. Judas struggled with sin. And there were things that Judas dealt with even before he betrayed Jesus that were even against the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments says, Thou shalt not steal. And, and Judas, being a thief, he would steal and thieve out of, out of the money bag. Now, a lot of times when I'm studying, I, I like to look and I like to find out names and what those names mean or what certain words mean, if you haven't learned that already. And, and Judas was the Greek for the Hebrew name Tuda, meaning God is thanked. Reflecting Judas Maccabeus and his successful Maccabean revolt against the Greek rule in 167 BCE. The epithet Iscariot remains subject to scholarly debate. It could refer to being from Kerioth, a village south of Jerusalem, or it could in indicate the manner of his death. Iscariotha could mean chalking or constriction. Choking or constriction. Now we found this and we looked this up, and, and this is very, very interesting because here, here we see that his name is God is Thanked. And that tells us that he did come, for sure, from a Jewish family. And he was given this name, and no doubt he was raised in a, in a Jewish household that trusted God and believed in God. But also, then you look at his name. Now, I know that there's a 50-50 shot at what this could really mean, but you look and, and you see that he come from the village Kerioth. So that it could be Judas Iscariot, which means he's from there, or it could be... Uh, um, an indication of his cause of death is Cariutha. So here we see, and I, and I believe it to be very interesting, something that we found here. All right, so what does it mean? And, and we're going to go through this like you've never heard of who Judas Iscariot was one time. So now we found something even more interesting, and we're going to have to dive deeper and figure out what is so different and what about Judas Iscariot we can find out. Now, if you look in Luke chapter 22, verse 1 through 6, it says, Now the feast of unleavened bread drew nigh, which is called the Passover. And the chief priests and the scribes sought how they might kill him, for they feared the people. Then entered Satan into Judas, surnamed Iscariot, being of the number of the twelve. And he went his way and communed with the chief priests and captains how he might betray him unto them. And they were glad and covenanted, and covenanted to give him money. And he promised and sought opportunity to betray him unto them in the absence of the multitude. And then look at Matthew chapter number 26. Then one of the twelve called Judas Iscariot went in unto the chief priest and said to them, What will you give me? And I will deliver him unto you. And they covenanted with him for thirty pieces of silver. And from what, what that time he sought opportunity to betray him. So now we found out that that here 
Judas was the one who was going to betray Jesus. How, how did that come about? Well, the Jews hated Jesus. He went against the, the status quo, went against the, the traditions that they upheld. And even though it, he was the Messiah that the Jew had prayed for, even though he was there in front of them and there with him when he came on the scene, because he didn't do things exactly like the Jew thought he would do things, they hated him for it, especially the ones in power. And the ones that were the and the the Pharisees and the uh, Sadducees and and the men in the Sanhedrin and they all despised Jesus and later on Christians. So they conspired on how they was going to get rid of him. And they knew there were certain things they could do and certain and uh, cer- certain things they couldn't do. And there would be things that would go against maybe their moralities and against maybe the law. But they knew they had to get rid of Jesus. So then when Jesus came un- uh, Judas came under them. And said, you know, and began to talk to them. They said, well, I'll tell you what. We'll give you money and we will allow you uh, or maybe you'll be the one to betray Jesus. And you give, uh, maybe if you'd have it this way, incriminating evidence toward Jesus, whether you make it up or not, but you've got to betray him. That's going to be how we get him here. That's going to be how we um, how we crucify him. And I, I'm just trying to put this in terms that we understand best we can. And then they give him 30 pieces of silver. Now, these 30 pieces of silver were worth $90 to $441, depending on what coin was used. So, so you find uh, variations throughout all, if you research throughout all of these different places, depending on what silver coin was used. There was, there's believed to have been four coins that was used at that time, and they all would, would be, in this day and time, worth a little bit different money. But they all agree that somewhere in there, and they all agree that the 30 pieces, they all start at $90 in today's money. And we'll even say it like this. We'll put it and we'll kind of tie it back into where we was before. Say it wasn't $90, it was $100. Say it was $100 that they give Judas to betray Jesus. If that was the case, then Judas... For lack of a better way to put it, and I'm just trying to help you understand, Judas betrayed Jesus for $100. $100 would buy 200 packs of ramen today. $100 would buy a family of four a nice meal at a nice restaurant. Um, look at all these things we mentioned earlier. That's what $100 would buy and will buy. And Judas very possibly could have traded Jesus for that much money. For $100. Now, yes, it could have went to $400. But in the grand scheme of things, you traded in the Messiah, you traded in the the Savior of the world for $400. And he was there, and, and we know that he was a he had things that he struggled with, but he hadn't intended on betraying Jesus any time before this, I, I truly believe that he had not, before this time right here, he had not intended on betraying Jesus one minute. But Satan entered into his heart. And Satan came upon him, and I believe that it was a very dark place that he was in. And his heart was changed against Jesus, and he sought the opportunity to betray him after they give him this money. Now, we all know the story that uh, he told the men there as they was going to arrest Jesus, he said, whichever one I kiss on the cheek, that is the one that 
needs to be crucified. That is Jesus. And so when they went in and found where Jesus was, Judas went in and kissed him on the cheek. They arrested Jesus and carried him uh, into prison. And then after this fact, when, uh, when all of the things were beginning to transpire of the trial of Jesus and all of the things that happened and, and the crucifixion of Jesus, and we're going to get into that another time and really try to get in-depth with some of these things. But after all this had happened, the Bible says in Matthew chapter 27, Then Judas, which had betrayed him, when he saw that he was condemned, repented himself. So he saw that he had done wrong. He saw that he had went against God, and he repented within himself. And he brought again the thirty pieces of silver to the chief priests and elders, saying, I have sinned in that I have betrayed the innocent blood. So he brought back the money that he was given to them, or that he was given by them, and he said, I've done wrong, I've sinned, I've betrayed innocent blood, and I cannot accept this money. Then he had a realization that he had messed up big time. I believe honestly that there was a love of money came upon him. When they offered him 30 pieces of silver, Even he had been thieving before, and he had been a keeper of the bag, and they gave him 30 pieces of silver, and I believe that was part of the the of what came over him, part of the spirit that came over him. And, and when Satan entered into him, I believe that that love that he had for money had grown. And that's why when 30 pieces of silver were offered, he scooped it up. But then when he realized and he come to himself and he was repented in himself, now I'm not going to say that he truly repented of what he'd done, but I will say that he did have maybe a, a repentive uh, mindset. He he was upset and he he was sorry for... Um, for what he had done, and he he wanted to make things right, however he could. At this point in time, he knew it was too late that that he was that he could not save Jesus, that he could not pull Jesus off the cross. But nevertheless, his Jesus's betrayal was essential to the gospel. And the scribes and the Pharisees said back to him, "What is that to us? See thou, see thou to that." And he cast down the pieces of silver in the temple and departed and went and hanged himself. And the chief priest took the silver pieces and said, It is not lawful for to put them into the treasury because it is the price of blood. And they took counsel and they bought with them the potter's field to bury strangers in. Wherefore that field was called the field of blood unto this day. Then was fulfilled that which was spoken by Jeremy the prophet, saying, And they took the thirty pieces of silver, the price of him, that was valued, whom they of the children of Israel did value and gave them for the potter's field as the Lord appointed me. So he took this money, and as he, I believe he was grieved in his heart. He was upset, and he threw that money that he, I believe he loved so much there for at least a little while, threw it in the temple, and that money was taken back up and collected by the scribes and Pharisees, and, and they couldn't use it. They couldn't put it back in the treasury of the temple and the treasury of the synagogue. So they had to take and purchase something with it. So they bought what's called the potter's field. Now we're going to look a little bit deeper, but we see that that Judas, after he was so distraught and so upset, he left then and he went and hanged, hanged himself and he hung himself. He committed, he, he, he went and... I'm going to try to keep from getting an explicit rating again on Spotify. He he went and unalived himself. We'll put it that way. Um, 
and he ended his life. And because he was in a very dark place. Now this is a hard subject and we and I really I want us to get through all of this and move on into something better here in a minute, but he got in a very dark place, so dark that he felt like he could not escape. And he went and he hung himself and he died there. Now Peter gives an account in the book of Acts chapter 1 and he says, And in those days Peter stood up in the midst of the disciples and said, The number of names together were about 120 men and brethren. This scripture must needs have been fulfilled, which the Holy Ghost by the mouth of David spake before concerning Judas, which was guide to them that took Jesus. For he was numbered with us and had obtained part of this ministry Now this man purchased a field with the reward of iniquity, and falling headlong, he burst asunder in in the midst, and all his bowels gushed out, and it was known unto all the dwellers at Jerusalem, insomuch as that the field is called in the proper tongue Akeldama, which is to say the field of blood. For it is written in the book of Psalms, Let his habitation be desolate, and no man dwell therein, and his bishopric let another take." So we find and we look in the scripture and we can find a lot of uh, a lot of truth and a lot of deep things in it. But we look and, and we see here that, that not only is it telling us about Judas and the shape he was in and what he done to himself, but we can look a little deeper and see what happened. And the Bible said that he fell headlong and he burst asunder in the midst. So So what that means is that he was split in half. And all his bowels gushed out. So in his midsection, it burst and and everything uh, uh, gushed out from the inside of him. So so not only was this just an average death, an average thing that, or, or I won't say an average, not only was this death that took place, but it was a very gruesome death with very gruesome things that happened. Now, do we know all of the specifics? No, we do not. And there's there's other writers that have written things and, and you can find different, um, some slightly historical ca- accounts, some are, are proposed to be heresy, or, uh, heresies, but uh, regardless, you can find different things that say different things, but we're going to look at the Word of God and solely the Word of God. We don't know exactly how these things happened to Judas, but we know it did happen to Judas. And so there he was in this field, and this field was called the field of blood. And it fulfilled a prophecy in the book of Psalms, let its habitation be desolate, let nobody living be there. It was used, the potter's field was used to bury strangers in. It was used to bury people that they didn't know. It was used to bury them there. There's no living soul that that calls that his habitation. The Bible said, let his habitation be desolate and let no man dwell therein. And his his bishopric let another take. So what the word bishopric bishopric means is his office. So he was one of the disciples and would have, had he not betrayed Jesus and all these things, would have became an apostle. So then they had to take and they had to select one uh, to become 
an apostle and to fill the void that was left after him. But that's a subject for another time. Now, I want us to look and I want us to think about some things that we have learned. And we found out that Judas was a thief. He was a disciple. He was given 30 pieces of silver. He tried to return it. It was blood money. They couldn't accept it. He bought. They bought the pot, potter's field. There, Judas hung himself. And after that, and, and the potter's field was also called the field of blood. It was used as a burial ground. And here we're going to circle back and we're going to find the love of money is the root of all evil. We've titled this episode is The Trade Worth It. Now, I don't know who you are, where you're from, what you do, but I want to leave you with this message, and I want to leave you with this. A lot of people say they're too busy to go to church. A lot of people say they're too busy to be a Christian. They're too busy to do what God wants them to do. But here we find Judas, and I honestly believe that if Judas had made the choice not to betray Jesus, there would be another person there that would have betrayed Jesus uh, in some way, shape, form, or fashion, I'm sure. But without the part that Judas played, there would have never been a crucifixion. And I understand and I know that. But Judas was still human and Judas still sinned. But I believe that there was hope for Judas. Judas could have repented of his sin and Judas truly could have been repentative and he may even have lived after that and not felt the need to do what he done to himself. But he loved money. That 30 pieces of silver, he I'll put it this way, if it had been in today, he pretty much traded Jesus for $100. And I think we've already said it one time. What I want to leave with you and what I want to say to you is, I don't know what goes on in your life. I don't know if if you have a busy life, and you may or you may not, but don't let the love of other things that you're trading, the time that you're trading, if you've got time uh, to do all of these things, take a little bit of time and give Jesus a try. Because there's going to come a day where it's going to be too late. When you really don't have time anymore. All that work that you've done to make money and because you loved money, it's not going to be worth anything anymore because you're going to stand before God in judgment. And he's going to say, if you don't know him and you've never been saved, he's going to say, depart from me, you workers of iniquity, for I never knew you. And everyone that he says, depart from me, ye that work iniquity, he will cast into the lake of fire and you'll be there in eternal punishment forever. Don't let life get so busy. Don't let the love of your job, don't let the love of the money that you're earning, don't let the love of your hobbies, don't let the love of uh, your life that you're living stand in the way of you just giving Jesus a try. I'm not going to sit here and I'm not going to condemn you for uh, the different things that you may do. Everybody has hobbies. Everybody needs to have a job and they need to work if they can. And And everybody needs to uh, make money to provide for their family the best that they can. But do not let that supersede having a relationship with Jesus Christ. And I know this was one, and we kind of see seen this in two lights, in two applications, I guess you could say. And, and yes, we've seen it toward those that don't know Jesus, but also we've seen it as a Christian. Judas was there, and he was called into a work. 
And for a while, I believe that he was there and he's seen all these miracles. He's seen all these things that God did. And he was called into that and, and he worked around the other disciples and all these great things were done around them. But Judas still in the midst of that would steal money out of the money bag, out of the treasury. He would take and he would, uh, he would, and we read where the Bible said he was a thief. He put that ahead of his work. He was more concerned with what money he could take out of that bag than he was what Mary had done for Jesus and that very precious ointment she had anointed uh, his feet with. And he traded that and he he wanted to trade that so that he could, and he used the, the excuse if he would give it to the poor. What I'm saying is this, don't let your life get so busy and full of excuses that you're not willing to do the work of God. And appreciate the things that God are do, God is doing and appreciate the things that are going on in the world around you. But I tell you this, take the time to sit back and to, to look at what God is doing around you and to worship Him for it. And if He's called you into a work, do it with your whole heart and try your very best not to let sin take hold. Because just like as Peter or as not as Judas went on and as Judas began to uh, get farther on in life and farther on in in the Gospels as you read about him, he increase, increasingly became more and more evil. He went from somebody that Jesus called who should betray him to someone that sa- Satan entered into, and because of his love of money and love of other things, he betrayed Jesus Christ, and ultimately it led to his death. If you are a Christian and you were born again and you were saved. Do not let the love for the world and the love for the other things around us and the love for these hobbies and the love for uh, the things that you do stand in the way of your work for God and appreciating the Lord. You can look at Paul. And Paul, when he was converted and when he was um, uh, saved over there on the road to Damascus and he started, he started running on the road. And he done everything that he could to help and to lead people to Christ. Was he perfect? But by no means he was not. And he was human just like the rest of us. The the Bible said that, and and Paul wrote that it was given to him. He besought the Lord three times, thrice, to remove the thorn in the flesh that was given to him. But he found out that God's grace was sufficient for him. Whatever it is that you're going through, wherever it is you're at in life, God's grace can help you through it and put God first and everything else will fall into place. And I want to leave you with these two things, whether you're saved or whether you're lost. Don't let what's going on in your life, whether it's the love of money, whether it's sin, whatever that sin may be, whether it's life and how busy you are in life or or whatever it may be, don't let those things come in the way and stand in the way of your relationship and having a relationship with Jesus Christ. Because I can guarantee you and I can prove to you that I've got friends in this world that I love dearly. I've got people that I'll call when I'm troubled that I need help from. But the most help I've ever received and I've ever gotten has not been from these people that I may call and talk to, but the most help I've ever gotten was from Jesus Christ. The day that He saved me and saved me from a devil's hell, the days that I've wanted to give up and I've not wanted to do anymore, 
I can talk to man all day long, but ultimately at the end of it, the biggest help I ever had was Jesus Christ. And Him reaching down and, and speaking to me and touching my life. And, and there have been times where I have put the world in front of my walk with God. And I've put the world in front of, of Jesus Christ and what He had done and, and, and in, into maybe uh, the relationship I have with Him. There's been times that I have put that stuff in front of God. And if I sat back and looked, I realized that I was miserable. I was constantly searching for something, constantly searching for happiness here and happiness there, trying to find it in any way that I could when all I had to do was turn to Jesus. And what I'm saying to you today, and we're going to kind of land the plane here and we're going to close out the podcast for today. But if you're miserable in life, if you feel like something's missing, whether you're born again or whether you're not, if you feel like something's missing, take a little bit time, a little bit of time to let your life for just a just a little bit fall to the back burner. Yes, you'll still have to work. Yes, you'll still have to uh, to do things in life. And yes, that there's still things and obligations that you're going to have to keep. But put God first for a little bit. If you're, if you're saved, put God first. Put your relationship with Jesus first. If you're lost, reach out to Jesus. Call out unto Him. And if you feel like He is dealing with your heart and feel like uh, uh, that there needs to be a difference made in your life, call out unto Jesus with the right heart. And tell me that there will not be a difference made. If you have the right heart and you call out to God and you, you ask Him to save your soul, He will. And if you're a Christian and you've put... God on the back burner for too long. Just try to get back to where you once were. Try to, to give Him the, the praise and the honor and the glory that He deserves. Try to give Him that and put Him first for a little while and put everything else second for just a little bit and see if things don't change. I can promise you they will. I'm not going to say that you're going to have a ton of money that, that just magically goes into your bank account. I'm not going to say that you're going to have a new car sitting in your driveway, but what I'll say... What I will say is this, that there will be a joy take place. A joy that come upon you. The Bible says a joy unspeakable and full of glory. And things will change and be just a little bit different for you. But that's it. And we're going to start landing the plane and closing out today. We're glad that you come with us for another episode of Level Ground Podcast. And we hope that you enjoyed it. Again, it was a little bit different, a little thrown together. But don't forget to... Uh, like us on Facebook, follow us on Facebook, and follow us at the levelground.22 on Instagram. Send us an email at the levelgroundpod22 at gmail.com. Reach out to us, like, subscribe, uh, and all, all everything that you can do, do it. Reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you. Um, but until next time, stay grounded, my friends. Thank you.